This podcast is brought to you by the Dunfield Retirement Residence, a casually elegant retirement community located at Young and Eglinton in the heart of Midtown Toronto. Customized living options complement your independent, active lifestyle. Learn more at thedunfield.com. Here I am in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, 200 miles from the coast of France. For days, we've been searching the ocean floor. So far, no luck. You see that? Yeah. Sure. And on that one, this could be a shipwreck. Yes. If this is the ship we've been looking for... No, that's not the newest Indiana Jones movie, although they did drop a trailer for it last week. It's filmmaker Len Pearl of Toronto, and a clip from his new documentary series about the history of Canada's Jews. It's called Search Out the Land. But instead of the usual dry educational treatment they give to history, Pearl is channeling his inner Indiana Jones and bringing to life the characters and achievements of the Jews who helped found Canada while fighting for acceptance and inclusion. It's a story that's been overlooked in televised form for centuries. Pearl scoured the St. Lawrence River to find the clues to how Jews helped the British conquer New France. And as you hear, he battled a hurricane off the coast of France and then scuba-dived to find a shipwreck linked to the mysterious first Jewish woman to set foot in Canada 250 years ago, although she came disguised as a man. And if the title sounds familiar, it's because those are words from the Bible when Moses commanded his group of spies to scout out the Israelites' new promised land. Well, this film does have fur traders and politicians and spies of our own. I mean, some of the documents that we discovered, we discovered a document that was written by a Jewish Canadian in the late 1700s. In his diary, a coded message in Hebrew and English and Yiddish, like a, a Hebrew message, a code, because there's a war going on at that time. And he wanted to get that information out to the British and people have tried to decipher it. We reached out to a number of spies and uh, we think we have an answer what that document was about. You have to wait to see in the film. Uh, we, there's also a story of a, the first spy in Canada was Jewish. He helped save Canada. Period. We would not be Canadians. Period. If it wasn't for this individual. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, December the 6th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. For this new project, Len Pearl has recreated the pivotal moments in Canada's Jewish history, and on an epic scale, shooting 100 scenes with 200 actors and extras in period costumes from the earliest evidence of Jews in Canada in 1738 to today, plus filming himself as the globetrotting investigator, searching out the key characters, including Esther Brando, the French woman who arrived as a crewman on a French ship by disguising herself as a man, she spent a year in custody in Quebec after the Catholic rulers discovered her gender and her Jewishness and then sent her back. Pearl went in search of what happened to her and found her grave in France. I sat down with him in his Toronto home studio, and you've got a picture. He's wearing a black baseball hat with the year 1738 on it. Well, it's really exciting. We're talking as you've just come back from filming in uh, on, on, the, on the scene locations in Canada and in Europe. So you're turned from... 
um, David Suzuki into Indiana Jones to find out how our Jewish community story is should be told, pretty much, right? Pretty much, basically. No offense to David Suzuki, who's a wonderful broadcaster. Or it's Indiana Jones. <laughs> or it's Indiana Jones. But yeah, I mean, this is more of an Indiana Jones type of story where you are out there looking to trace the history of Canada's Jews. And I, I we're sitting here, and I should tell the audience that we're, we're talking, and he's wearing a baseball hat. You're wearing a baseball hat with a number on it. Yes. 1738, 1738. So I assume that has a story. That's the, is that the year the first Jew showed up in Canada, or what's the year? Well, that's the first year that the first documented Jew entered Canada, entered New France, and her name was Esther Brando. Uh, Esther Brando was from uh, Bordeaux, France, and uh, her family wanted sent her off to Amsterdam at a very young age, uh, I think she was under 19, to get married off in Amsterdam. She was not going to have any part of this. Uh, she got dressed up like a boy and she boarded a boat, the St. Michel. A ship. A ship, a vessel in France. And that ship was heading to New France, to Canada. So she's dressed up like a boy. This is like Yentl. Her name is, she, her name that she gave on the boat was Jacques Lafarge. She got off the boat and, uh, they looked at her and they said, whoa, she's not a, a, a boy. She's a girl. And at that time, women, girls, could not go on a boat by themselves. They had to have special permission. So that in and of itself broke the law. But that's not what got her in trouble. What got her in trouble was that she was Jewish. And Jews were not allowed in New France at that time, as were other groups such as uh, Protestants, etc. So she wasn't allowed in. They took her confession where she told this incredible story about how she, her whole life, basically. Um, They arrested her, and it took the king of France basically to say, send this Jewess back to France. And then she lived out the rest of her life in France, right? Well, it wasn't a good life. The family could not marry her off. Uh, She was maybe tarnished, you could say, because the king kicked her out. She disguised herself as a a boy. Um, I mean, this is a free-thinking, strong woman who said, I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. I want to have my own life, my own adventure, and this is the way I'm going to do it. Even when she, when we read the documents of her arrest, her confession, it's a strong, I think she was 19, it's a strong woman who's saying, no, this is what happened, and I'm not going back. I mean, all she had to do was convert when she was in New France. All she had to say was, I will be Christian. That's it. Sign a document, put your, sign an X, end of story. They would have let her stay. But no, she wasn't going to have any part of it. She said, I'm not converting. And she disappeared into obscurity. And so what we did, we were set on a journey to France, looking for the boat that brought that started Esther Brando's journey and the boat that brought her to Canada off the coast of France. So we were recently down there. We were on a vessel. The area that we, after talking to a number of uh, shipwreck experts, um, our sonars in that area where we thought that boat could be uh, started to go off like crazy. And so at that point, we planted uh, the boat. We put our scuba diving outfits on. I got into my scuba diving gear and we went down to see um, a possible ship, the ship that she started her whole journey to Canada. 
So what, when you talk about the first Jews in Canada, we have to remember that the first um, Jews in Canada were not the first inhabitants of this part of the world. How do you portray the original settlers, the, uh, the First Nations who met, interacted with the Jewish community as they came here in the 1700s, 1800s? So the indigenous First Nations communities of, of Canada are a very important part in telling the story. You know, you have these Jewish fur traders that came into Canada. And with the help of the First Nations um, indigenous communities, they were able to create a large fur trade conglomerate that pushed and developed the economy of Canada, that kept Montreal alive when they had no economic resources because they were just conquered by the British um, in the seventeen late 1750s. And you had these Jewish fur traders that came in there and forged these important relationships. And some of these fur traders even married uh, First Nations uh, daughters, uh, which makes sense. They were working with them. They were around them. They took long canoe trips. They had trading posts yes. up, up, up northern Ontario, northern Quebec, out in western Canada, right? Yeah, they, were, they were adventurers too. Yeah, so, I mean, they play an important part. And these Jewish fur traders even pushed the Hudson Bay Company to the verge of bankruptcy. And these Jewish fur traders are forgotten in the Canadian history books. They pushed into the interior. They developed what's known as the modern economy. But I mean, that's in the earlier period. In the later period, um, the indigenous community plays, with the Jewish community, plays an integral role, an, an essential role in the War of 1812. Uh, and we tell that story as well. We also tell the story later on about the uh, the Jews of 1880s to 1900s. You know, they survived these horrible pogroms. They escaped with their life. Some got off these trains, had no proper clothing, had no idea how to farm land. They weren't farmers. They didn't know how to survive. And it was the indigenous communities out there that took them in, that gave them food and clothing, and taught them how to work the land. Without their help, these individuals would have perished. So when you hear these stories, it's part of what my film is about. It's not only that we helped to build this country of Canada, that we didn't, we didn't do this alone, obviously. There were others. Um, the non-Jewish community has been helpful in protecting the Jewish community rights. Right, Canada was the first colony outside of England, to, even before England, to uh, emancipate the Jews and give them voting rights, Absolutely. way before anyone else in the British um, Commonwealth. Yeah, you know your history. I do. Yeah, that's an amazing story in and of itself, that Louis Papineau, the uh, uh, rebellion leader that pushed that forward, uh, he had a great relationship with the Jewish community at that time period. Uh, in fact, uh, there's some evidence that the Hart family saved his life after the rebellion and helped to get him into into the United States. I think he felt personally guilty for what happened to Ezekiel Hart, who a lot of listeners might not know. He That was one of the worst political anti-Semitic incidents in Canada, where he was basically thrown out of parliament, thrown out of uh, taking his seat uh, because he was Jewish. Even though he was elected twice, as far as I remember in my history. That's, that's correct. And then when he finally said, okay, I'll swear it on the Bible, I won't swear it with a, a head covering, and I'll swear the Christian oath, they said, no, 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 you're, you can't because you're Jewish. So they weren't going to have any part of him. You know, we bring that to life. And not only that, 
part of our search, we found, that's all I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little bit of a hint. I won't say what we found underwater in Canada, the oldest Jewish Canadian artifact. Um, how do you process sort of finding the stuff that has been undisturbed for, well, 400 years? It's a pride story. It's a story of Canada and it's being ignored intentionally or unintentionally. I don't know. Um, but it's important to tell this story for the future generations and to let the world know we've been here. We've built, helped to build this country. End of story. Well, it's not the end of story because one of the criticisms or issue, issues of teaching about anti-Semitism and teaching about um, racism is that a lot of the focus has been on Holocaust education as a way to combat anti-Semitism. Where does your film fit in in the struggle for you know, acceptance of Jews and, and wiping out hate. The film celebrates the Jewish community's contribution to building Canada. It also covers various dark periods in Canadian history. Uh, it talks about um, not being welcomed when, uh, you know, the, the, um, the f large wave of Jewish refugees from the pogroms c came in. Uh, you know, and we tell the, the, the dark periods from, you know, the soldiers that fought in World War II, which you are, you know, your book is just fabulous. Uh, and, and, you know, that the, the hatred that they faced when they were fighting all the way to the story of the MS St. Louis or uh, none is too many. And even after that, not being welcomed into to Canada. What has been going on in the, in the world the last couple of weeks with Kanye West and now Kyrie Irving with their clearly anti-Semitic hate against the Jewish community, being the child of a Holocaust survivor. I hear that. And part of me gets afraid of what they're saying. And then the other part of me says, well, look how many individuals are speaking out against them that wasn't done in the, in the, in the 40s. And when I hear this, it actually makes me want to work harder on my film because I want to get this project out there. I want to tell this to I say this is an important project because this is going to come back. The hatred that these people and others are coming up with, who we are and what we're about, we're not what they're saying. And this film is going to show that. Len Pearl's adventures aren't quite finished yet. He has some more filming to do, and he's also working on shopping the project around to networks. So stay tuned for an update on where, when, and how you might be able to see the finished shows probably sometime next summer. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Naomi Grossman in Kitchener. She's a former student of mine from Iceland. So nice to hear from you. She got in touch about Monday's podcast interview that we did with Benjamin Dichter, the Convoy spokesman. Well, we're getting a lot of mail about this and online comments too, and I'll share some of your reactions later this week. Meanwhile, speaking about Canadian history, we've got several milestones to note today. A very happy birthday to Canada's oldest surviving Jewish veteran, and he might even be Canada's oldest person. Reuben Sinclair turned 111 years old yesterday. He's from Richmond, B.C. He served three years with the RCAF. He was born in 1911. Plus, congratulations to Rabbi Baruch Friedman Cole, the Emeritus Rabbi at Beth Tzedek Synagogue in Toronto. Last week, he was awarded the Order of Canada during a ceremony conducted by the Governor-General. Thanks for listening to the CJN Daily. The Dunfield Retirement Residence offers customized living options to complement your independent active lifestyle. Welcome home. 
Welcome to the Dunfield. Visit us at thedunfield.com to book a personal tour.